What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. Welcome to Guys 5 Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. This is The Quick Cage. And Frank, what Nicolas Cage movie are you going to tell us about tonight? So tonight we're going to talk about 2008's Bangkok Dangerous. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> I'm a... a remake of 2000s, 99, somewhere around that time. Movie of the same name. Um, directed by Danny and Oxide Pang. Um, who also directed the original, uh, probably best known in this country, best known by me in this country, in this living room. I've never, the, I've never heard of any of this, so go ahead, sorry. Uh, the Pangs directed The Eye, the um, supernatural, like, J-horror movie. Oh, okay. From the yeah. late 90s with the girl that gets the corneal transplants and starts seeing ghosts. Yeah, you made me watch that. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Good movie. All right. Um, their original Bangkok Dangerous is good. Um, it's sort of like a spiritual successor to the John Woo, like gunfu genre. Um, but kind of mix that with like maybe Wong Kar Wai, and that's sort of what you get. Okay. Um, but a good movie. Okay, so so just so I have this correct, this was a movie, and then they the same directors refilmed it. Yes, with Nicolas so, Cage. Nicolas Cage apparently saw the original movie. And was super impressed. So helped fund the optioning of the rights to the movie. And then took 10 years to make the remake. Um, So he's an executive producer on this movie. um, And also the star of the movie. Um, So the basic premise of the remake, the American version of Bangkok Dangerous, is this aging hitman um, is contemplating getting out of the life of being a hitman and has decided to take this job in Thailand committing four assassinations and the money from those four assassinations will be enough for him to kind of just fade away into nothingness and like live comfortably for the rest of his life Hmm. so the first part of the movie is spent with um so there's very random like voiceover narration from Nick Cage's point of view Um, And it's not continuous throughout the movie. It's just like when too many things have happened that they haven't explained and they need somehow to explain them. So he comes in and narrates it for you. Okay. Um, So the first part of the movie is him talking about his rules, which are, you know, you don't connect with anyone that lives in the place. You don't get to know anyone. You don't leave anybody behind that would know anything about you to the point where he's got this like, go between in his first assassination in fucking Romania or some shit. I don't remember where it is. Um, and he tasers him and gives him a heroin overdose so that no one knows anything about him. And then he leaves him for dead in his hotel room when he goes to Thailand. Um, so pretty much like immediately he violates all of his rules in Thailand mm-hmm. because Bangkok, I guess is like this land of beauty. So the dude that he, 
chooses as his go-between in Thailand, he, like, befriends and mentors in how to be an assassin, like, how to defend himself. Um, this deaf, no, deaf, mute, this mute shop girl, she's deaf, too. She, so, deaf, mute shop girl that he gets, like, penicillin from, like, he woos and is, like, in love with. Okay. Um, like any movie. So, the genre of, like, omniscient assassin who gains like a conscience is maybe one of the most tired genres like ever um right with some rare exceptions in the past like 10 or 15 years but for the most part it's just kind of garbage and Mm -hmm. it's really like tiresome and it's especially tiresome here just because there's no legitimate reason for him to have gained a conscience or to have like had this change of heart where all of a sudden instead of you know whatever like staying true to what his goal was which you know fucking get out and move on with your life and you know have all this money where like then you can retire to some other place and find love and make friends like he just throws it all away for no reason just because and listen the kid the the kid Kong is like this he's not a kid he's like a 30 year old man that Nick Cage feels bad for because he gets the shit kicked out of him because he's, like, in gambling debt. And Nick Cage, like, takes him under his wing. And the guy's like, oh, boss, like, what do you want me to do? And he's like, no, boss, teacher. And then, like, he teaches him how to, like, kung fu fight and shoot a gun. Um. Anyway, it's weird. So what? What is what's Cage's demeanor in this? Like, what's it, what, how's he playing it? Uh, this is this is hangdog millionaire Cage, I guess. I don't know. Like, he's world weary but wise and aloof, but like yearning for affection. So it's basically like Nick Cage like looks down a lot and has a mullet. And like wears all black, and is mopey. So that's that's it. Okay. There's no real like. There's one moment where, I guess you're supposed to realize that he's in love with um, Fawn, who's the uh, um, shop girl, and he like looks up at her, and like instead of having these huge bags under his eyes with his like shrouded lids or whatever, like his eyes bulge out. And there's, like, this moment of recognition, and I guess that's the moment you're supposed to be like, oh, my God. Like, he's turned the corner. Like, now Nick Cage is in love. Um, okay. It doesn't work that well. Okay, so you just described a lot of different things going on. Does, is there actually that much nuance to the performance? No, nah, I'm reading a lot of nuance. Into okay. It. I'm, right. I'm telling you nuance based on what the movie wants you to feel is nuance, but there's gotcha. no real Okay. And he was, like, he's obviously invested in this role. It's just not very well written. So to understand how bad this movie is, you should understand the original Bangkok Dangerous, in which there's an assassin who has a beautiful girlfriend, and the assassin works for, like, the um, Bangkok um, mafia, whatever they're called, I don't know. Like, the gangsters that are in charge of Bangkok. And... There's this deaf mute kid that Joe, the assassin, kind of takes under his wing because he feels bad for him and trains him to be 
like basically his helper, like in being an assassin, because he's and it's established early on that like he's actually like a decent guy. He just has this terrible job, you know, where he murders people. Um, and all the characters have different motivations and different things happen, and like they change everything. Like they keep every name the same. So Nick Cage is Joe, and Kong is the um, his 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 buddy. And Fawn is the girlfriend, and then Alm is the other girlfriend. And they're all the same names, but they change every motivation and every plot point, and they make it about Nick Cage making this noble sacrifice because he kills himself in the end in order to kill the main bad guy, even though he could have just killed the main bad guy and probably gotten away, but he would have had to abandon Fawn, and then I guess that's too much for him to bear because now after, like, two weeks... He can't live without this deaf mute shop girl, mm. which I'm not saying you can't fall in love with someone with like, you know, auditory or verbal like handicaps, but they don't do anything. Like there's no, the only moment of connection I can see is hold like, on, hold on, to clarify that who doesn't do anything. None of them do. You're talking about the characters well, in the movie. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I thought know, you were talking about deaf mute people. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying, like, I understand that, like, you can fall in love with anybody, and I right. get it. But, like, not because somebody handed you penicillin, he can't talk. You know what I mean? Like, right. it honestly feels kind of derogatory in that sense that Nick mm. Cage is like, oh, yeah. she can't ever say anything. She can't hear me, like, shoot people. It's perfect. <laughs> so, I don't know. So, the original. I mean, isn't movie, this really, isn't this really just uh, the killer? Like, that whole plot point? Except for um, she's a deaf mute rather than blind? Well, again, this is why, like, when the Pangs made this movie originally, it was sort of the spiritual successor to, like, that John Woo, like, genre film. Mm -hmm. um, and that was what was really popular in Asia in, like, the late 90s, you know. And the Pang brothers, um, I think Oxide Pang is the editor on Infernal Affairs, so they have a connection there. I mean, they have a connection with, like, you know, this genre of film. And they had shown themselves to be, like, moderately competent filmmakers, you know, early in their career. But, you know, Nick Cage got all the money, and he gets to decide what roles he's going to take, what you get. So, you know, Nick Cage wants to play the assassin because that's the sexy role, even though the assassin dies in the original Bangkok Dangerous. And actually, everyone dies in the original Bangkok Dangerous. Like, there ain't nobody getting out of it. But here, Nick Cage has to be, like, the noble sacrifice, so he plays that role. I mean, it's honestly like, so I read some reviews of this movie um, mm -hmm. because you're never prepared because I don't tell you what we're going to do in advance. Um, you know, I go I'm, I'm reading them while you're talking, though, so it's fine. So one of the things you get out of reviews, and I find this true for a lot of Nick Cage movies, is people always qualify Nick Cage movies by saying, like, despite a solid performance from Cage, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And yep. here's the thing. That shit ain't true. Right. Like, especially not here. Like, there's nothing this movie is incredibly mediocre and is so mediocre and so boring at times that it like almost sinks into being like melodrama like it's not even like action packed <clears throat> and i admit there's a couple of sequences that the prank pang brothers do really well like there's a um There's a, a, a sequence towards the end where Nick Cage is infiltrating the main bad guy's hideout, you know, like commando style and like murdering everyone. 
And that's filmed moderately well. Like, there's a sense of tension to it, you know? Like, there's a sense of, like, adventure to the whole thing. <coughs> and it's cool. Like, it kind of reminds you of, um, you know, like, Hard Boiled or something. Like, when they're invading the hospital or the killer. When they're going into, like, the bad guys, whatever, like, warehouse at the end. Right. <clears throat> and that, that, that scene is fine. But, like, there's so many scenes. Like, I swear to God, there's, like, a scene that's basically, like, lifted from the Karate Kid where they're Nick Cage and Kong, his, like, student, are doing push-ups and doing, like, karate defense moves with each other. And Nick Cage is teaching them how to shoot a gun by shooting, like, watermelons off of a friggin', like, you know, fence or whatever. It's just, I don't know, it's just lame. It's a lame movie. God, I'm looking at like stills of this movie, and I'm looking at Nick Cage's face. It's almost like Ben Stiller doing a bit. Like it's almost like him doing like his old like Die Hard bits, or like the what's what's that movie I used to watch on HBO too much? Um, Dodgeball. It's like Mm. it looks like he's playing a character. Like it's like it's he's he's playing a character that's like supposed to be a mockery, but he's not. I can I, I know that's not the case, but that's what it looks like. I'll give you that. It really feels like a mockery. Like, it doesn't feel... So, it's 2008, I think, is this movie. And it's very much like waxy, undead cage. Like, he went through this period where I don't know if he was, like, on a lot of drugs or he just wasn't well. But he looks like... He looks like the tall man a lot of times from, like, Mm -hmm. fucking Phantasm. Like, like, you know, it's just, Mm -hmm. he's very waxy, he's very sallow, his hair is very greasy, it's always kind of long and unkempt, he's got, like, weird, like, super veiny arms where it's like, you know, he's supposed to be muscular, but it's not really, like, fit, it's just kind of like, you know, crack addict fit, like, you see the muscles because there's ain't nothing on top of them. Right. Not to slander Nick Cage. I don't know what he was doing at this time, but he's not an attractive man. And then you're always supposed to believe that like these beautiful women are in love with him, and it's like eh, I just don't. I don't believe it. Right. Right. Mm. So anyway, it's a it's a eight, pretty yeah eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. The only the, the somebody must have paid the Hollywood Reporter uh, really well because they gave it they're the only ones that gave it a positive review on the top critics. I don't know what they would say positive. Maybe they'd never seen the original. They thought, it, they, th- they thought despite some things that delivered as an action movie. The thing is, is there's... Probably a low opinion of action movies is probably really the reason they gave it a positive review. So there's a speedboat chase, speedboat chase through the canals of, you know, whatever, Bangkok, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that's worse than the speedboat chase in Live and Let Die. <laughs> because that's at least like funny and entertaining, you know, even though it's a little too long. Right. Like this one is all just bad happens happenstance and dumbness. And it doesn't end in any kind of thrilling way. And all the assassinations are really bland because like he's a master assassin, so he's like doing this shit where like no one can catch him. So like two of the three are super boring. And then, like, the last assassination is he's supposed to assassinate 
like the minister of crime or something like the attorney general i guess is the best equivalent in thailand and all of a sudden like after being a stone cold killer for his entire life he gains like a heart where he can't do it because this guy's fighting crime and he doesn't want to kill a good guy he can only kill the bad guys so that basically leads to like his death because he's unwilling to like carry out because Kong said to him at one point, oh, that's a good guy. He's just like you, taking out the bad guys. You guys are the same. And that, like, that, that, that hits Nick Cage, like, right here in the heart. <laughs> All right. So what are your top five assassin um, gets a conscience movies? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you can call the killer that. I guess the killer. It is, yeah. Uh, Infernal Affairs. Mm-hmm. He's not really an assassin, but he's a paid killer, so I guess that counts. Right. Um. Oh. Huh. Mm. Is he an assassin in the Limey? He's something like that, right? I actually the Malcolm movie. I think he is. Uh, in Bruges is definitely in my top five. Okay. Um, I think he gets a conscience in that. Uh, there's actually a movie that I saw that I liked a lot in spite of it, like myself and the movie in general, that um, Hardcore Henry, I think is what it was called. It was the first-person action movie that came out a couple of years ago. Um, I had a day off from work up in uh, PA, and I randomly went and saw it. Mm -hmm. So it was all shot in first person. Um, And I thought that was pretty endearing, and that guy gets a conscience in it. Okay. It was at least entertaining. Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't have a fifth one off the top of my head. Yeah, I didn't add that to the list, but uh, just in my notes, I added uh, top five contract killing movies. <clears throat> oh, see, that's different though. Because it is. I know it is. No, it is. I'm, I'm broadening it out. So, right. Mm. Yeah. But I'm just just like, saving it for the future. It's fine. So, what, how do you really write? Like, I really like a Better Tomorrow too. I mean, I don't want to put two woo movies in there. Right. But um, Better Tomorrow Two is really good. That's the um, that's the movie that uh. Slater's watching in uh, True Romance. Right. Yep. When he comes back after killing, um, what's his name? Um, Drexel. Yeah, Drexel. Comes back from killing Drexel and she's watching it. That's what she's watching. He's got the hamburgers. I have fucking one hamburger. Um, yeah, I don't know. But Bangkok Dangerous, neither the original or this one is on that list. You know what? Well, he's not a contract killer. Never mind. That doesn't count. There's a movie called The Chaser that I always mean to recommend to you and I never remember to that's really fucking good. Korean movie from like the late 2000s Mm. about a guy who's a former police officer turned pimp whose um, girls start going missing and he tracks them to a serial killer and then has to try and like catch the serial killer. Mm. It's like just under uh, The Chaser. Okay. It's it's just under I saw the devil in terms of like um Asian serial killer horror. 
some great sequences in it. Some really tense shit, too. And he's cool because he's kind of like, you know, because he was a former cop, but now he's, like, left the force and is kind of disgraced because of what he does. Like, there's some really cool stuff with him. Um, like, using the law to his advantage, but still being, like, able to, like, undercut the law just because, you know, he's 100% a criminal at that point, so. But, yeah, you should check it out. It's free somewhere. Let's see where it's free on Sling right now. I don't know. Maybe don't it's, know. It's, 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 it's free to Frank somewhere. Yeah, it's... Oh, uh, no, it says maybe it's on Prime. I'll have to look at it. Yeah, okay. Weird. Google's changing some shit, like, about, like, how they show you what's streaming and what's not, depending on what device you're on. Um, right. It's weird. Okay, so what? Um, what's your overall score on this movie? I mean, the movie itself is, like, a 3 out of 10. Like, it's not a good movie. And I wanted to like it. Like, I kept trying to like it. And honestly, like, I think it's, like, the Guillermo del Toro problem or yeah Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro problem where it's like a person that can make a brilliant movie in their native language and just kind of falls apart when they're making a movie in their non-native language like where Pan's Labyrinth is so much better than like Hellboy you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it's like almost like not even the same dude like made these movies like because the nuance of his his nuance of Spanish like his his control of that language is so much deeper than saying shit in English. Um, but it's a three out of 10. Like it's a bad movie and the cage cage scale. It's like seriously like a four out of 10. Like it's a really boring cage performance. Mm. I'm watching a movie right now. I'm like halfway, like two thirds of the way through it. And I'm not going to spoil it. because mm-hmm. We'll talk about it probably next week. Um, where it's also not a great movie, but like the cage performance. Cause like, He's invested and he's like young and he's like into it. It's like a seven out of ten, man. I mean, like it's good, right? And it's like legit, like a good performance. Not even just like by cage standards. Like there's feeling and emotion and like layers of understanding of character and motivation that just make it like this beautiful performance. Sometimes, and you watch something like Bangkok Dangerous, which is ten years after this movie I'm watching, and you're like, what the fuck, man? Like, yeah. where did you go? And, like, he produced this movie. So, he, And you know what? He produced it, and he's never naked with anyone, <laughs> which means that something went wrong. Because there's, some, there's some, some naked Asian ladies in it, and uh-huh. he's never with them. So maybe that's the thing. Maybe he's trying to sell himself as, like, serious. Because <laughs> he never had sex with, like, the deaf-mute shop girl. But I kept waiting for that uncomfortable scene. I didn't know how it was going to play out, but then it doesn't that never happens. So. Yeah. Small mercies. So yeah, the chaser's Frank free. Um, it's because it's on IFC. I'm sure oh, you right. probably have that. So I do. I do. Yeah. I subscribe to it. Right. Yeah. Hey, can I put another plug in for the Peacock Network? Because <laughs> fucking Bangkok Dangerous was free on Peacock and like legit free. Like, oh yeah. They have a Nick Cage collection section on Peacock, and it's Bangkok Dangerous, Captain Corelli's Mandolin, Red Rock West. Um, oh, that's right. Whenever, talks. whenever you do Red Rock West, I think I made the promise that I would watch it again. Well, you watch it for free. It's going to be soon because I want to get the most out of Peacock before I don't know something happens. 
What do you think um, is going to happen? I might die or something. Oh, okay. Got to finish the quick cage before I die. Um, you only, we only got a year and a half left, you know? Right. We'll get there. <laughs> um, anyway, so not worth watching. Uh, terrible movie. Like, I don't even recommend the original in this day and age because I don't think it holds up that well. But if you're really into, like, the Asian, um, like, gunfu, you know, I don't know what you'd call it, like, Killer with a Heart of Gold, which is, like, really big in these movies, um, it's, it's, it's not a bad watch. So, do you just have to sign up with Peacock, like, as, like, a... yeah. Yeah, there's there's not there's nothing. They don't take a credit card or anything when you do it. It's just an email address and a password, and that's it. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy. I mean, I don't know like what the premium stuff is because I've never looked. I um, think they but, have a uh, like a like a six uh, like a five ninety nine a ten ninety nine or something like different scales. Well, there's like dozens of movies that are free that are interesting to me. Um, a wide variety of genres and none of them are edited like it's all edit free which is always surprising to me when it's um you know like a free service especially like linked to a network like that that they would show violence and foul language and nudity without like any kind of like ad block or anything to it so i don't know it's worth getting because it doesn't cost you anything even if you only watch a couple of movies like what does it hurt you know what i mean so yeah um so, are there ads on for all that stuff? Yeah, it's just like Tubi. Actually, a little less obnoxious than Tubi because I've watched three movies on Peacock now, and I'd say it's four to five ads per movie. Okay. And they're they're all different ads. Like, they don't play the same ads over. So, it's not like on Tubi where, you know, it's the same ad you have to see like six times in like a 90 minute movie like this is you know five ad breaks that are 10 different ads and not even that because two of the breaks are only one commercial as opposed to two so you see like eight commercials which is a lot less than what you would watch if you were just watching it on tv so well i'll tell you what they're already pissing me off by um making me have 10 characters for a password oh I guess mine's just naturally ten characters. I don't know. Sorry, your password's not sophisticated enough. You fucking well, my pa- my password is, but um, like I, I have, I, I got it down. Like I got like a, I got a good thing going on with my passwords. But um, when they're mm. shared passwords, um, that would be used. Um, like my shit, like you know, if I'm doing it on a computer, like it, the shit's like you know, like twenty five characters long, um. But I can save it through Chrome and stuff like that. Um, right. You know, I just sold myself to Google a long time ago. But um, but when it comes to, like, these services and stuff like that, since it's shared and it's going to go on multiple TVs or devices and stuff like that, I try to make it a little bit easier and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. And something I'll, that I'll we'll that. both know. But Right. So. <sighs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to next week. I think we have a really good one to talk about next week. And then the week after that's going to be a good one, too, so. Couple of um, couple of good cage weeks, and then we just descend back into the shit. So just fair warning, but um, yeah. All right, I'll check out um Peacock and we'll let you know. Um, 
giving free plugs away, man. <clears throat> Could have watched American Psycho on it for free. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Unedited. Not the director's cut, so you don't get the extra dirty, like, threesome scene. But um, everything else is there. Yeah, I just clicked on a TV show and it crashed, right? On my iPad. Buddy, I've been watching it on my phone and on my PS4 and I had no problems, so. I'm telling you, it just crashed, man. What? Oh, it's asked me to verify my account. No, yeah, see, see, you crashed. Well, they didn't welcome send it very quick. I mean, welcome I got to my, 2020. Got my, got my phone right here. Shit. There we go. Wait, see, King, fucking Captain Negative. Just Captain <laughs> Captain Contradictions modeling. Life That's moves pretty like. fast anymore, man. They got to keep up with them. Right, your life, your life is moving so fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they got the commission on here. All right. You love the commission. You too. know that I, you know, I broke up with a girl once because she told me her favorite show was the commission. I remember this story. Yeah. yeah. I was pretty young. I was right. a terrible human being. I would not break right. up with someone now because the commission was her favorite show. I would just sign sure about that. I would, I would, I would not. You sure you wouldn't find another excuse to break up with them that it's really about the commission? <clears throat> no, I don't think I would. I, I think I've matured somewhat. Okay. Great. I think, I don't know. Who am I to? Get out of here. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'll check I'm this out here, I'm sitting here watching the subtitles on a Jim Cornette podcast. Mm-hmm. The poorly translated subtitles from YouTube that just, like, tries to guess, guess. what these people mm-hmm. are saying. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense, like, half of it. But this is what I've been sitting here watching the whole time we've been doing this. So hmm. this is my life. Mm-hmm. That's why you can't judge people who like the commission. What the fuck are you doing, right? That is some agent wisdom there, Frank. <clears throat> right. Um, fucking Frank Fuchsius. Hmm. All right. So that was, was it Bangkok Dangerous? What Bangkok Dangerous, yeah. <laughs> terrible title. Didn't even um, the title. Like, it, because it's, it's like some, what's the word I'm looking for? Like transliteration or whatever from Thai or mandarin you know like it's not even like the real title of the movie and like the native language it's just like what we call it because that's how it it translates and like they just kept it Mm. he could have taken the idea from this and made like a slightly different movie and it probably would have been okay but it was like just had to keep it the same but a little different and like still try and force this i don't know fucking I'm glad he's grown up some, and now he's making movies I care about again. So, yeah, and movies I don't care about. All right, I'm looking around at Peacock now, um, trying to figure out what's going on here. At least they don't automatically play the um, the sound. Yeah, isn't that nice? That is nice. There's so many nice things about it. Like for being a free service. And I think that's why I give it like a lot of leeway, just because it's like absolutely free. Like, there's it's don't they have um, well don't they have have some stuff on TV shows and stuff behind paywalls though? I don't know. I haven't looked for TV. I don't you know I don't look for that shit. I'm just looking for movies. Right. Okay, I'll look at their movies later. Okay, I'll do that later. Um. 
Yeah. Okay. I'll get. I'll, I'll come back next week when we talk about whatever Cage movie, and I'll I'll, I'll let you know what I think of Peacock. Right. It'll be a good one next week. I'm excited. All right. Yeah. 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 Well, you just said what you've been watching, so. I've been watching a lot. <laughs> it's me too. I watched well, three watching. Cage movies this week, plus. Oh, nice. Three movies that weren't on the podcast and two movies on the podcast, and it's only Tuesday. So. I watched two movies that aren't on the podcast last night. Two two movies and ten minutes of a movie or something like that. Uh, no, it was more than that. Thirty minutes, maybe. Um, <laughs> you know what joke I want to make, don't you? What's that? Oh, did did nothing cancel? Nothing cancel. No, it's not that nothing canceled. I was looking for a movie, and the movie was that bad. It was that bad. I texted the movie you. I watched last night was good i thought you when you were asleep last night about which movie it was oh right right i don't remember i remember the one you said that i should watch and i don't remember the one you said not to watch i just pushed it out of my brain yeah Vivarium was the one that i told you to watch yeah oh cruel yeah. peter cruel peter was terrible oh, right. yeah it's dark awful. the dark red was okay and Vivarium i liked so didn't watch either of the movies i recommended to you i'm saving them man i'm saving them I got I got a week and a half left before um I got to go back to work and everything and um I'm trying to like uh, trying to have some stuff to do at night that I that will be good hopefully good I, I got a jacket joke in front of me I don't know what to say to you mm. all the movies I recommended to you last night are all good yeah they're all on my list I got mm-hmm. it <laughs> all right okay thank you for listening everybody yep. <laughs>